0: Welcome to the 10th episode of Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin
1: Green. In this episode, you'll hear from Vanessa Quigley about being a mom, an entrepreneur, and a disciple of Christ. We hope that as you listen, you will receive inspiration from the Spirit for your professional, personal, and spiritual life. In every episode, we interview prosperous members of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. The goal of the show is to encourage and inspire young adult members of the church. I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, Vanessa, thank you so much for being here. Would you would you just give a little bit of an introduction about yourself so we can start with that?
0: Yeah, my name is Vanessa Quigley. I am the mother of seven children, age 13 to 20, almost 27. Um, I live in Orem, Utah. Although I am a Florida native, I came to Utah kicking and screaming. (laughs) Just kidding. Utah's a great (laughs) place. We moved to Utah so that we could start a business focused around family memories. My husband and I co-founded Chatbooks. It's a software company that helps families hold on to their memories. And we've been doing that for about eight years, and happy to be here
1: okay so did you did you move to utah like with the onset of chatbooks then
0: we actually started uh, another company in while we were living in florida um yeah. that eventually morphed into chatbooks after we moved to utah but after trying to build this software company in Florida, we were living on the beach, and there was a lot of talent uh, in, in the area that we lived in. We lived right by the Kennedy Space Center, so really brilliant engineers, but um, more towards like defense contracts and stuff like that, we were having a hard time finding uh, the people we needed to build this um consumer facing software that that we felt passionately about and Utah was booming with all kinds of entrepreneurial activity and and because we were in the family memories family history sector you know Salt Lake City is kind of the hub of the world for for that and Utah is so family focused in their culture and I will admit the thing that finally tipped me over to a yes uh, and moving here was my oldest son got accepted to BYU, and so I was like, the thought of sending him away across the country to go to school, I could barely stand it. And so um, I was happy to announce to him that you're going to Utah, so are we. He didn't love nice. that though. He actually pretended like we didn't live here his whole freshman year. But you know, do what you got
1: to do. Yeah, I can I can understand that. My mom like told me she's like coming up to to Idaho this next week, and I was like, oh, I'd love to like go to lunch with you guys. Mm-hmm. that's it like, <laughs> but That'll I, be enough. like I'm glad to like live you know like on my own oh, it's you know? important it's kind of a good to feeling right
0: it's important to have some distance <laughs> and feel independent and not be hovered over by your mother I get that <laughs> I wasn't offended at all that he never came over no I'm just kidding <laughs> it's all good it's all
1: good yeah okay awesome so you you went to college right did you go to I think BYU right mm-hmm
0: Yep. I grew okay. up in Florida. I was thrilled to go try something new after spending my whole life in Florida. I love Florida. Um, and okay. I always knew I wanted to go to BYU. My parents went to BYU and that's where they met. And uh, yeah, I it dropped me off at Helaman Halls. And, you know, it was a different time back then where we didn't have our parents tracking us on Find My Friends. <laughs> I was just a lone woman, uh, didn't have any other friends. You know, I, I didn't know anybody when I got here. and. Um, when I got to Utah, but I actually met my husband a couple months into my first semester. Um, So that was good, but yeah, I love my time at BYU. And I actually wanted to be a Broadway performer. I love to sing, I love to perform, um, I love to act. And I worked at Disney while I was in high school in entertainment. I just loved everything about um, entertainment. And so my goal was to go to Broadway and prepare, you know, by studying music dance theater at BYU, but I didn't have, I didn't really know what I was doing I I walked into the music building when I got to BYU and I was like, a little nervous to ask any questions but I saw on a bulletin board a flyer for vocal auditions and I'm like, Oh, okay, I sing, I should go to that I should try out for that. Um, and I didn't realize until the first day of classes that I had actually auditioned for and been accepted to the uh, classical vocal program where you just sing opera. <laughs> oh. And it dawned on me when everyone stood up to sing their introductory song and they were all in foreign languages. And I'm like, I am in the wrong place. But again, I was too afraid to speak up. When I finally said something to my professor, he's like, well, ad drop deadlines passed, you're stuck here, maybe you'll learn something. And before the semester was over, I had completely fallen in love with opera singing and everything about classical technique. And that was the first big pivot of my life of like what I expected I was getting into and what actually happened.
1: Well, that's really, really interesting. Like, (laughs) I feel like you don't hear that very often, like you, you, so you were in like the wrong class. Basically, you signed up for the wrong. I auditioned for
0: the wrong program, and you know I was thrilled that I got in. I knew it was going to sure. be competitive, but um, but you know what? Heavenly Father, he ha- he knows better than we know, like what's down the road for us. And uh, my winter second semester, winter semester, my freshman year, I broke my leg. I then was in a bicycling accident where I broke my neck. Like a couple months later, I I was in a car accident. I broke my back. If I were in the music dance theater program, I would never be able to keep up with the dance classes, but I could do a lot of singing (laughs) in a neck brace with a broken arm with a broken leg. Um, I think it was just heaven looking out for me and saying, you know what, this might be a better path for you.
1: Wow. Well, that's kind of cool, man. And so you got to kind of see that like pretty early on that it was a better path. So that's good. Sometimes you have to wait like a a few years and then you're like, oh, yeah, That's sometimes you that. wait
0: your whole lifetime to find out. But I will say that as I, you know, continued studying, my my the major was vocal performance and pedagogy. I I was doing really well. I won singer of the year one year. I was cast in the main stage opera, and I was talking to my um you know my advisor, my my lead teacher about what a professional career was going to look like, and it was exciting. It was moving to Europe in the summers and doing like apprentice programs and. Um, I knew it was going to be hard, but I was up to the task. And, you know, I was I got married right when my husband got home from his mission. Like it was technically my third year of college, Um, but uh, I didn't want to have kids right away because I'm the oldest of 12 children. And I always say I felt like I changed a lifetime's worth of diapers before I graduated from high school. I was in Mm -hmm. no rush to have kids of my own. Um, And I had, you know, discovered this career that was just fascinating. And it was I was drawn to it and I was doing well. And I was working with my teacher to progress towards making that happen. Um, but, and I had another unexpected thing happen. <laughs> uh, my husband and I were in the temple one day, um, shortly after our honeymoon, and both he and I had very distinct and strong promptings that it was time to start our family. And that was not the plan. And I I told myself, well, you know, it's just heaven wanting me to get off birth control because it'll probably take a couple of years for me to get pregnant. like. My mom, my mom had 12 kids, but it took her a few years to get going. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm, I, I'm going to do this because I believe, you know, I have faith that this was heaven talking to me and it's all going to work out. Well, then I got pregnant the next month. And when I told my voice teacher that that had happened, I, I felt an immediate shift in what we were working towards no longer. And I feel like we were working towards a professional career going to Europe. It was like, let's just get you graduated. I think because she, you know, she tried to have a career and a happy marriage and start a family. And it was really, really hard. And I think she thought she was doing me a favor by just like really lowering my expectations. Um, But that was kind of a hard thing for me because at that point I didn't have like, I think enough confidence in myself to be able to say, oh, I can still do this. Like, I I didn't know what was ahead of me. I I was going to have a baby. Like, I knew my whole world was going to change. But I had to have the faith that it was going to be okay and it was going to work out. This is what Heavenly Father wanted for me. And, you know, my patriarchal blessing, it talks about me singing in front of large groups of audiences. This was one of the gifts mentioned in my blessing. So I knew music was going to be part of my future. Um, Then I just went forward with faith and started our family i did end up graduating with my degree and I, I was able to sing for many years not in the same way that i expected but um i started to rely on that scripture um, be still and know that i am god as things started to play out differently than i had expected and um that has been a huge source of strength for me you know in the early days of Starting my family, um, and even today, like I literally think about that every single day. As life just continues to throw me curveballs, doesn't get easier.
1: Wow, man, yeah, that's crazy. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> Everyone's life is crazy. If you the more know, you talk I, to man. people, Austin, you're gonna realize <laughs> everyone has got a crazy story. And you know what? They, we all have really hard moments where we have to accept like god's will over what we had planned you know and those things just strengthen us we, we learn we're learning that right now and come follow me um within joseph's story like I'm, um, i know he didn't plan on being thrown in a yeah. pit and sold as a slave and all of the things but he needed to go through that to get to where he needed to be and so i just try to keep that perspective and then keep that stillness like not panic and not become anxious and not fear you know there's there's peace and stillness and and having faith in what god has in store for us
1: i think that's a good a good thing to like really dig into too because like joseph for example right he had these things thrown at him just like you were talking about you had these accidents He had like a, the, the wrong audition like all of these things that were really not planned um and i'm a big planner so in my mind i'm like oh my gosh i would freak mm-hmm. out if this happened to me but how how did you deal with that and especially how did you deal with like like you were saying your vocal coach right mm-hmm. was that who that was how she like it's like okay well change of direction how did you deal with that because that had to be disappointing right
0: yeah it was really disappointing and uh i mean, i think it was necessary like because now I have the benefit of looking back, right? And seeing, mm-hmm. oh, that all worked out. But in the moment I was like, oh, but we were gonna live in Europe but we're never gonna be able to live in Europe now because I'm, we're not gonna have to go because of my career. And I don't know what we're gonna yeah. do. And am I even good enough to like, you know, is this heaven's way of saying I'm not supposed to be, I'm not supposed to be singing. I'm not supposed to be pursuing right. a career. Um, you know, that was something that I, I wanted a career. I wanted to be a mother. I knew I wanted, I wanted five kids. That was my goal. I ended up with seven, lucky number seven. Um, But I wanted to continue working on my talents. And I wanted to use them in a big way. Um, And so I just wondered if that was heaven saying, "Mm, No, you're just you're just going to be a mom. And I hate that phrase so much. But I, I started to wonder is that is that what I'm supposed to learn here. But I think having a curiosity, a natural curiosity to see, like, what what am I really supposed to learn from this? What, how am I supposed to grow from this? Um, just kept me moving. I, I just knew I was supposed to sing. I knew I was supposed to have my family. We were gonna make it work. We just kept going forward. And you know, that wasn't like the last time I had to like <laughs> try to expand my vision of what, you know, what is going on here. Like my husband wanted, to be an entrepreneur. Like he started in management consulting. We, we were able to actually live in Europe because we requested a transfer. His office, he was working for McKinsey at the time. They have an office on the Champs Elysees in Paris. We went and lived there for a year. So no there's way. proof that just because things yeah. don't work out the way you think they should, you're not going to get what you want. We got to actually live. We lived in Paris twice um, with my husband's job. and. Um, And then he went to, he really wanted to go get his MBA and he was able to go to Harvard. And I really thought that we would go back to consulting because they were going to pay all of our debt from business school, which was a lot, Great, yeah. but he was bit by the entrepreneurial bug while we were in business school and he declined that offer and started a software company and, you know, I found out I was pregnant with baby number four the day he graduated and I was terrified. Like we were living in this tiny second floor apartment in the suburbs of Boston. And when I was given to have my fourth baby and he was gonna do a startup, like we could have all of that debt paid off. And now that we're saddled with that and all the insecurity and um, you know, unknown of startup life. But when you have God as your partner, and and that was something nate and i involved we he was part of our union like we consulted him on all of the things all of the steps all of the big decisions when you have him as your partner you don't need to fear you can have that stillness and know okay well this feels like the right thing for us it's all going to work out and i've been blessed with a natural ability to um look on the bright side to see the good in Mm -hmm. everything i'm not an anxious worrying person i do like to plan though when you start having children that I found that as I became a mother, like planning, I just was always planning. I'm planning for the day. I'm planning for the week. I'm planning for the next vacation. I'm planning for Christmas. Like I, I like to plan. Um, but it's, you know, sometimes those plans just don't work out exactly the way, but if you are yoked with God and you have Christ as your partner, then you don't have to worry. You can have that stillness. So, I got really good at relying on that.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. So we'll get into that, like startup and stuff. Cause that's really interesting to me too. But before that, how do you feel like you did that practically? Like, how do you involve God and, and mm-hmm. how do you yoke yourself with Christ?
0: Well, they're, are the things that we can do daily to nourish the seed, you know, like reading your scriptures regular prayers, going to church, like those things mm-hmm. I was taught as a very young girl that were like non-negotiables. My parents modeled it right. for us. We did it. I did them because it's just in my nature. I'm an obedient, good girl. <laughs> I just always did that. And you know, that helps you stay close. You, mm-hmm. you can also fall into just kind of going on remote control, and like not really having your heart into it. And I definitely had phases where I was like that. And I'll blame it on sleep deprivation from having babies back to back to back, you know, over and over again, that might have been part of it, and just barely surviving. But the fact that I just kept going through the motions, gave gave me an opportunity to have connections and and to receive answers. And, and the fact that my husband was, you know, he was the same, we wanted the same things, we wanted that closeness. And we just You know, built our family on the foundation of the gospel of Jesus Christ and. We didn't always have like feel like we were getting divine direction in every single step of our lives, sometimes we would pray and ask for things and get nothing for years. Um, Actually, the decision to move to Utah was something we had brought to the Lord several times and once we got a big nope not this time, the other times we got nothing and we're like okay well. I guess we'll just keep waiting. And then all of a sudden, we got a boom, big. Now's the time, you know, so, um, but I just think it's the little things. And and I've seen, you know, I've seen friends, I've seen loved ones who get out of the habit of doing the little things. And it just, it gets scary. It gets Mm -hmm. scary, because there's so many other voices out there, especially like, when I look at my young adult children now, versus, when I was their age, I mean, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have cell phones, there wasn't social media, like our access to information and other voices was very limited. And because I was going to church every Sunday, I got, you know, I I learned at church from teachers and scripture and talks. And um, I was at BYU and I was surrounded by really good people. So I had good influences, there was a limit to the kinds of, you know, other voices that can be really misleading. And right now, my kids are carrying those around in their pocket. And every time they open their phone there's a notification that opens instagram and then there's a flood of voices like and sometimes they sound really smart and they sound like oh i didn't know that in that you know oh she's taught yeah. i feel that way sometimes and it just can it can get confusing but i think if you are nourishing the seed i just love that phrase my son who just got home from his mission that was actually that's actually the phrase he keeps using he said that 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 stuck yeah. out to him on his mission how important that is and um i definitely felt that in my life too and i I strive to just keep doing the little things.
1: Wow. I like that. Like, obviously, we all know like the primary answers, right? Pray, read, go to church. But I've been seeing that in my own life too, a lot recently. Like, there are, like, like you said, there are times in, in the last few weeks have been for me one of those times where I'm like, okay, like I'm kind of just going through the motions. Like, I'll, I'll read, but I'm just reading. I'll pray, but I'm just like, kind of sometimes reciting the same thing in your mind every time, right? Mm -hmm. And so, but what happens because we're at least doing that, right? And not giving up on that. If you're at least trying, God can see your faith and he can just sometimes, okay, here's a little bit of an inspiration. Like he'll hit me with, hey, you know, that was kind of a crappy prayer. I'm like, oh, you're right. I should start praying better. Right. And like, okay, you're not really putting your heart into this. And so that's cool that, Uh, I feel like a connection on that that's interesting so going off of the um, back back to the the original storyline right so you you guys were in Boston with your husband doing his like business school right Mm -hmm. and he decided he wanted to do a startup and you were like scared but obviously supportive and so how did that happen what was was that first startup was that chat books or was that something Mm -mm. else
0: no, was it a was a startup software? it was called Ooh, what was it called at first? It ended up rebranding as 11 Technology, but it was a software company to help the beverage industry like stock sodas, Pepsi, Coke in convenience stores. So
1: Interesting. Yeah, not
0: like a mind-blowing mission or anything, but it was yeah. a there was a sector with an opportunity and he had a great partner and and look, I was scared just because, you know, having four kids and a bunch of debt is scary, but my husband's <laughs> the smartest guy I know. So I had tons of faith in him and his ability. And, and um, there were some scary times, <laughs> I will yeah. admit. And there, um, there were moments where, you know, I knew that meeting payroll was going to be really close. And I just was comforted by the fact that well, my in-laws have a big basement, like, we won't be on the streets, we we're, will we're, we'll be taken care of, it'll be okay. Yeah. But um, in reality, you know, We were able to make it work and then he had a nice exit that gave us some breathing room and we were able to pay off, pay off our debt and kind of, you know, reevaluate and figure out what to do next and, and that was actually a time where I was, I was able to start doing more with music, Um, having three babies back to back was kind of put my singing on hold a little bit but um, we'd gotten to a point where had a little extra breathing room and I started singing more. And then I felt like, oh, okay, I'm coming alive again. Like I, everything's coming, becoming clearer. And um, we just, we developed through those hard times, like a really beautiful partnership of like recognizing the need for us each to grow individually. You know, there were seasons where I really focused on being a support for him um, as he was, you know, doing the things that were important for his personal growth. And then there were seasons of our life where he really, you know, had to change the way he was doing things so that he could fully support me so that I could continue to grow. And I think that that relationship and that respect for one another is ultimately what made this new business partnership, this new partnership as we've started chat books together, really, really work.
1: Wow. So do you feel like the things that you've learned? along the way on this journey, have prepared you for what you're doing now with chatbooks and all that?
0: Oh, 100%. Like, I didn't know yeah. that when we first started, look, chatbooks, chatbooks the company that it is today, and it has been for eight years, was born out of a aha moment that I had with my youngest son right before he went to kindergarten, where I realized that like, this child has nothing to look back on for his life. I used to be a diehard scrapbook with my older kids. I had scrapbooks and photo books and kind of dwindled as more and more kids Mm -hmm. came along. And here's my baby getting ready to go to kindergarten. He had nothing, literally nothing. I felt like a failure. I had this idea that if, um, you know, I knew I would never scrapbook again, like who has time for that? Uh, but I but I had been using Instagram as a way to document our family's life. And if I could just figure a way to print my Instagram, he would have something to hold on to. And that was kind of the spark, the idea that Chapbooks was born from. But my husband had been working for you know, a couple of years before that, building another software solution that looked a lot like his first company, like enterprise software for families is what it ultimately ended up looking like. Um, and it wasn't working, um, I'm grateful for the little spark of inspiration that helped us pivot and build a business that actually started to work that allowed us to do a lot of really cool things. Um, But I didn't want to be part of that. I like had the idea, okay, here you go build the business, but I'm not qualified for this. I don't really I'm not really interested in business. My youngest is going to school finally for full time, I'm going to go back to school, um, get my master's or become a yoga instructor like I have things that I want to do. Um, But that was another moment where I had a plan. And then I had like a revelation that came to me. And one of those moments where I was just going through the motions, I was reading my scriptures one morning just because that's what I do. And I was sitting there and I was reading and I was like somewhere, you know, in Alma, not really even paying attention to the words I was reading. When all of a sudden, so loud and clear, it came to my mind. You need to join the team at Chatbooks. And cool. I was just like, that was that was weird okay i'm gonna keep reading and it came back again and then i just started crying because it was not what i wanted to do you know i had other ideas and i also felt so unqualified i'd never taken a business class i was a performer i was an artist like what what do i know about building a business but um I called my husband, I told him about my little prompting and he was like, yes, he'd wanted that all the time. I think he knew that if we're gonna build this business, that's gonna serve families. I, we need someone who looks like our customer on the team. And at that yeah. point, it was just like five guys. They did need mm-hmm. a woman on the team, turns out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, all of that insecurity I had about, about being an entrepreneur and um, you know, working in a software company it started to um, dissipate as I realized, like, I've been prepared for this. Like, as a mother, I've learned things as I've grown my family, um, as I have ran our household, like I was like CEO of our household, right? Like sure. I have some yeah. skills and some experiences that are going to translate to building this company. And it's been really fun to see how those play out.
1: Wow. So you feel like, Man, that's cool. You didn't need business school. You didn't need well, all that stuff. Like I needed a partner you, with
0: an MBA for sure. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <that> yeah. <helped. laughs> right.
1: But knowing that like you had your own specific things that you were bringing to the table that nobody else was. Right. And right. especially going off of like that revelation that you felt, you're like, okay, like I have to do this. It's like, a, I know that this is what needs to be done. Right. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that hasn't been the easiest thing. Right. So how have you been able to because you still have you still have kids at home. Right. Mm -hmm. So So how do you do that?
0: Well, you know, a lot of sacrifices had to be made. And my kids were old enough that they were like they felt it right. Like, I'm not going to be home every single day when you get home from school. I really try to. But there are days where Mm -hmm. I can't there are days when I have to travel for business. I'm certainly not cooking a home cooked meal every single night. I can't volunteer in the classrooms like I used to. I'm not going to chaperone your field trips like. I tried to do a little here and there, but like definitely the dynamic of mom in our home changed a lot, but they were old enough to see what we were doing and see how I was growing. And we talked constantly about it at the dinner table. Like whenever we were around, we were talking about the business and we were asking the kids for advice or letting them in on like what we were doing or having them user test some new thing. And so I think the fact that we had buy-in with our whole family, that this is our we're doing this together. It made it easier to be like, oh yeah, well, mom can't come to my class party because she's doing this really cool thing. And, and it was actually really fun for me to see my girls get really excited and see like, well, I can do anything. If my mom can run a software company, <laughs> like I could literally do anything. And, um, I think that's been a real, uh, a real blessing that I hadn't anticipated, but, but yeah, it's been hard. And I personally have been stretched in ways that I didn't know possible. And, um, on the flip side, I'm not singing like I used to, and that's makes me a little bit sad. I, I tried the first couple of years, but I just felt so stretched and I'm like, I'm not doing this well, I'm not doing that well. And I kind of just put that on the shelf for a little while so I could really focus on, on the business, but <laughs> I've been able to put my acting skills to great use as I sometimes have to pretend like I know what I'm talking about when I'm still learning, you know, fake it yeah. till you make it. That's, of been a mantra of mine but over the last eight years as we've been working on the business um i've become more and more confident i've also realized that it's okay not to know everything you know my husband Mm -hmm. told me at the very beginning when i started going out publicly representing the business talking at conferences you know on tv he's like i'm like i feel like an imposter i don't know what i'm doing i'm not qualified Mm -hmm. for this and he's like there's no one right way to be an entrepreneur And that really resonated with me because I knew that was true in every other thing of life. There's no one right way to be a mother. Right. Right. Um, Okay. There's no one right way to be an entrepreneur. This is who I am. I am, you know, a late bloomer here. I'm a mom. I'm not going to know all the acronyms and all the industry speak. And that's okay. And I can actually, instead of frantically Googling, what did that mean in a meeting? um, I can just raise my hand and say, I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with that. Can you explain that to me? I saw another um, someone else in a meeting model that for me you know i thought i was the only one that didn't know that what they were talking about and just an innocent question i was like okay i can it's okay if i don't know anything i can ask a question and look someone else in the room might be having that same question so i gradually built more and more confidence and certainly not professing to know everything but i know a lot more than i did
1: yeah man that's that's interesting it's always like it takes humility because it's always so stressful to ask one of those questions you're like okay, I know I should know what that word means, but I have no idea, right? But what you said um, a little bit earlier made me think of something that was talked about in, in one of my previous interviews. Um, AJ Brow, she talked about how like, she's like a mom doing like an entrepreneur thing too, right? She's a mm-hmm. CEO and a mom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, how do you do that? She's like, she kind of echoed the same thing that that you said, right? She said, I think each person has their own individual mission that they have to fulfill in life, right? But families kind of have that too. And so it's interesting to see that you were supported by your family and you still are, right? Mm-hmm. And that you've seen that not only is that there are sacrifices, but it's there's a lot of pros to it too right your kids get to see you doing this great i i'm just curious this whole time i've i wanted to ask but i've like don't want to derail it but the singing thing like mm-hmm. what what kind of singing did you do after college and and what did you do like in different yeah. periods throughout
0: well right after BYU we moved to Los Angeles my husband started at McKinsey i had a baby Whoa. i i immediately found a teacher so I could keep studying and developing my technique. And I started singing with a local opera company. I wasn't the diva, I didn't have the leading role, but I was happily singing yeah. in the chorus and it felt like progress. I also started teaching. In fact, I don't know if you remember Shadow Stevens, the famous DJ from the uh, the 80s. No, well, no. <laughs> that flies my age. Anyway, Shadow Stevens um, lived in Beverly Hills, just up the road from where we lived, and I taught voice lessons to his daughters, and I had a few other oh. students, and that was so fun. Again, that got me out of the house. It got me using my talents and stretching me in ways that I didn't wasn't always comfortable with. Um, and then we moved to Paris, where I continued singing mostly in church and. They have little music festivals around Paris, and I I continued studying in all the places we we lived. And when we were in Boston, um, I did some programs, I sang with some opera companies, and then I discovered music theater. Kind of went back to my roots. (laughs) The first show I did was Evita. I got to play um, the the mistress of Juan Perón, which was hilarious because I had just had my fifth baby. quite, quite outside of my natural comfort zone, but so fun, right? Yeah, yeah, so I just did like local stuff. And, you know, I never had contracts that were more than, you know, three or four months. So it allowed me to just like dig in and just kind of give it my all and then take a break and be full-time mom again and recharge until the next audition. So it was just a really, a really fun way to keep using my talents and then get out of my little bubble and meet a variety of different people. And I really did feel like as I spent so much time in these theaters with people that I would not have ever known in any other context, I felt this responsibility to represent the disciple of Christ, you know, I had a very different life, generally, the only person that was married with children, I often, you know, would come uh, there was often like a S- Sunday matinee, and I would come from church in my church clothes, Sunday best, and you know they would always ask questions, and I had so many chances to to share the gospel and just be be a missionary in in that context. That I just felt like this is what this is what heaven wants me to do. This is me filling the measure of my creation and using my talents. Um, so the fact that I'm not singing right now you know i get to sing in church every now and then i feel like there's another chapter for me though so i try to keep Hmm. i try to vocalize and try to keep (laughs) to keep things warmed up for that for the next opportunity um we'll see what happens
1: so you feel like that's still something that you're like passionate about that you would like to do just right now it's not really like
0: yes 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 yes. but i have a daughter who's at byu right now studying acting and she's phenomenally talented. She is like a triple threat in the true sense of the word. Um, And we have thrown around the idea of taking my newfound business acumen and her like theatrical talent and starting a theater company one day. So who knows? Who knows how this will all come together and play out?
1: That would be so cool. Man, that's like thing. Every time I interview people, I always think that, wow, your whole life has led you to where you are now. But really like, even where you are now is still leading to like stuff in the future, right? So you could still do that, and that would be know. amazing.
0: I'm almost fifty. I turned fifty this year, but there are still no big way. things ahead of me.
1: <laughs> you do not look fifty. You no. look
0: you're very great.
1: Kind. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, awesome. So I, I always have one um, my favorite question. What would you, if you had to give like one piece of advice to, especially like your kids who are in like college, YSA age, right? What would that be? Gospel related?
0: Yeah. My husband is a huge tennis fan. He loves Rafa, and there's a clip that kind of went viral of him. Um, he was in Rome for some big tournament. He hadn't done very well in a couple of tournaments before, and press was pestering him like, "How how are you feeling? Like, what's going to happen? How are you? Are you you know?" what trying to get into his mind and his response i'm gonna butcher it i can't do it my husband can do a perfect imitation but he basically said what happened in france happened what happened in whatever it happened but we are in rome you know basically saying who cares what happened in the past i'm in rome and that's all i'm thinking about we are in rome and that phrase has become like a mantra in our family because there's so we can get so concerned with, what should I have done? Like, was that the right thing? Was that a mistake? And then completely paralyzed with fear for the future. What's gonna happen? Am I gonna do the right thing? Am I gonna meet the right people? Am I gonna choose the right major? Like all those things seem so big and huge and important. And some of those decisions are important, Um, but something about living in that moment, especially if you have God as your partner you can have all the confidence to be still and just enjoy that moment. Focus on what's in front of you. Focus on your relationships. Focus on what you can do today and not be paralyzed and crippled by what happened in the past and what is ahead in your future. We are in Rome. You'll have to look up that. Google it. Raphael <laughs> we are in Rome. It's iconic and it's so good.
1: Yeah. And I like that idea of God as your partner. He's our partner in marriage and family personally and in business even too, right? Yeah. Um, So I think that's a a really good spot to to honestly leave off on. So thank you very much again for, for being with me.
0: You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Faith, Hope, and Prosperity, hosted by Austin Green. Find and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to your podcasts.